With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Timbers make a controversial hire. The Ducks prepare for USC. Oregon State's waiting in the wings to maybe destroy the potential dream Pac-12 title matchup between Oregon and Washington. And also... Blazers are falling like flies. It is an incredible injury after injury. Welcome to the sports, excuse me, the Oregonian Sports Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian Oregon Live, joined by Brenna Green of Coin Six. Brenna, how are you? And how are you? How are you everywhere at once? How, how come my Instagram feed pops up and you're here, you're there, you got a high school game, you got this game, you got Timber stuff? You're just everywhere. How do you do it? Are, are you cloned? You got cloned. Oh, I would love to be cloned, especially this week. It's been it's been quite a quite a week so far, and we're already we're just into Thursday as we record this. Um, it's just what yeah, you do. It's just I don't know. That's what you do. Okay. Where I, I need you. to be. All right. Before we dive into the jam packed show, let me remind our viewers and listeners that you can receive text messages straight to your phone from James Crepia, Nick Dashel, uh, Ryan Clark. Bill Orm and myself giving you inside information on the sports teams that you love. All you have to do is subscribe to our subtext feature by texting 503-386-0095. You will receive a link back to click on it and start your 14-day trial. Okay, Brenna, let's get into it. The big news right now in the world of sports outside of the Ducks trying to make a run of the national title is the Portland Timbers, who have hired a new coach. And I'm just amazed at the drama that comes out of the Timbers and Thorns. It's just incredible to watch from afar. You cover some of it. This hire of Phil Neville has caused a lot of blowback, in part because he's not necessarily uh, a successful coach. And two, he had some controversial tweets from about a decade ago that, of course, have rattled some people. Uh, Let's just start with your take on the situation, Uh, what you feel about the hire, what you feel about his off-color uh, attempts at jokes 10 years ago that didn't go over well came across obviously very sexist because they were sexist mm-hmm. and why so many Timbers fans are up in arms about this hire so there were a few tweets back in the early 2010s that he put out there that uh weren't great let's put it that way the worst one was him saying he was chilled out after he uh battered his wife um, you know, that he was joking around, you know, you, the connotation of the tweet is that he was joking, but right. that's not something to joke about, obviously. Um, and there were a few other ones. Um, so yeah, it, there was, there was three of them that, that weren't great. Um, I, I will say, you know, obviously in our careers, we've both been in press conferences where people can uh, where people have done bad things and have to apologize 
Um, I, I don't personally think it's super hard to come off as apologetic in those press conferences. And most times I I've dealt with people who come off very sincere. Uh, and that was definitely the case here. Uh, he would, he, and I'll give him this. He also didn't get frustrated when the converse, when the topic kept coming up and he addressed it head on. He didn't, he didn't have to make one of us answer the question. He, he came out in his opening sa- statement and talked about it and said that he very much regretted it. And that, you know, and then later he said he looked back on those tweets and it, it made him like sad right. basically that, that he said something like that. Um, and that it was wrong then. And it's wrong now what he said. So, um, I will give him that he came off very apologetic and humble and didn't seem to get frustrated about it. He didn't seem to get angry, I guess that, that it kept coming up, which I can understand. Like there's other people in this world who would have been like, all right, I said, I talked about it. Do we have to keep talking about it? Um, he did not, he did not do that. So I will give him that. Now, like I said, I don't think it's super hard to come off that way in a press conference. And, and, and so, you know, I, I don't know how much flowers we can <coughs> give to somebody like that to, for that, but he did, you know, he, he did a good job. Um, more so I, I don't really want to talk so much about him. I mean, you know, he did what he did. He hasn't had any, Sort of transgression so me, sense me, with that. Let me read so, tweets um, quick for people who are listening. Uh, it, so one was relax. I'm yeah, back, chilled, just better than why I feel better now. <laughs> it's like, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is at Gina Shoes. You women have always want. He must have meant have always wanted equality until it comes to paying the bills. Um, and then the last one here was when I said morning men, I thought the women would be, would have been busy preparing breakfast, getting kids ready, making the bed. Sorry, morning women, meaning I guess he was apologizing for saying morning men and not morning everybody. These were, yeah, 2012. I mean, he was being sarcastic there, but yeah. And 2011. So back, man, that's like. Obama's first term ago. Um, so so now since then he's coached England's or England's women's team, right? For three years. Yes, he coached England's women's team for three years. He also coached coached at Inter Miami, um, which didn't go super well. They had sanctions there as well. So that's that's but with tough. the women's team there so, was there were no um, incidents or controversy, so, there were no players that came out against him. Right. No. No, those tweets actually came out. Those tweets got brought to light when right. he and got so, in and the women's team. The women's team. Were, they were cool with him, though. Um, but since then, from, from all the reports, I, I mean, I read some reports. I mean, he, well, I guess I mean, what I read was he was claiming things were cool yeah. there, and that I think he said something like the players were even okay with him calling them girls, something like that. But anyway, there were no controversies that came out of that. Is what I'm saying. So he he was coaching women. Okay. Um, anyway, so go ahead. Continue. I don't think so. Um, my main thing is just, this is a fan base that is very rightly scarred. You know, it's, it's just, it's one thing after another with this fan base and these sort of issues. It's just gone on and on and on. And so I just, why, why do you continually want to pick the scab, Merritt Paulson? I don't understand. Like, 
I, I know I'm sure there was other candidates. Yeah, I mean, I know there was other candidates. Um, and it's just, it's just one of those things where you're like, why do you keep like wanting to re-traumatize mm-hmm. your fans? I don't understand. So you're saying you, you so you're saying um, that regardless and, you know, of these of course, things being over a decade ago, that given all the situations that have gone down with the Timbers and the Thorns, why yeah. hire someone who even has a ripple in their past that might offend people, is what you're saying. Yeah, you just, this this fan base has taken a really, really strong stance against it, which they should, okay? Um, and, like, yeah, it's just, you're you're just, you're not helping yourself, and, and you're sticking a thumb up to them and basically saying, I don't, I don't care. So, um, you know, the social media reaction on Monday was bad. Um, I mean, you want to go look at, you want to go look at Instagram and look at the comments on that head coaching, the, the posts that they'd hired him. It is just summarily like, like people are angry. Um, and you know, there was another thing, there was a video that they posted of him. Like he like looked like a giant and he was stepping into the stadium. Like that was like, they posted that. I don't know what happened, but boy, did that thing get deleted off Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you know, I'm sure there was a lot of not great comments under that either. So, um, I, I have no idea if that was the reason why, uh, but yeah, this fan base is just, they're kind of just, they're exasperated at this point at, you know, this, and they're, they have the right to feel this way at an owner that they don't feel like respects their desires and that's hard to root for a team when the team owner is not respectful of is you feel disrespected by by the fans that's basically what it comes down to yeah 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 and so this this is going to be an uphill climb for everybody involved um it's already an uphill climb i don't know why you want to make it i don't know why you want to double down on it and, you know, of course, I mean, you know, who's, who's sitting up there at the press conference? It's the GM and it's, it's the GM and it's the head coach. It's not Merritt because Merritt doesn't want to talk to the media anymore, but he stood in the back and it's like, dude, at some point, like, like you if you really owned this decision, you would have gotten up and took right. and, and and took it on the chin. You would have gone up and done that at that press conference, but you stood in the back. <clears throat> it's just screw it. It's what cowards do. It was. I mean, he made he made his he made his head his new head coach and his GM be the ones who took took it all. If you really stand by this hire, you get your booty up there and sit on that platform and you say, you know what? I know I've done some things. I really believe in this, you know, whatever. But that didn't happen. And and that's what Merritt has done ever since all these things have come out. I mean, the only time he's spoken publicly was when, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now, when they put that timber into the ring of honor or earlier this year. That's, that's the only time he's spoken publicly. So, 
Um, yeah, it, it's just if if you you cannot make this decision and then not own it, and that's what happened. That's what happened. At the end of the day, that is what happened. And you made people below you take it on the chin. So, I, I mean, I'm not surprised by it. I, I, I would have been stunned if I would have seen Merritt up there at the podium. But I think that's what you should do. So what's you the path so. towards smoothing this over with the fans? Will it just be simply winning or is there even a such a path? I mean, I, I Phil, Phil repeatedly and Ned, the GM, both repeatedly said they want to meet with fans and have a frank, earnest discussion. So that means they want to meet with the heads of the Timbers Army um, and, you know, talk about things and understand things, um, which, you know, good for them. Um, like I said, I don't think that's going to... I don't think that's going to absolve everything because, to be honest, the issue with this, the issue with this doesn't really come down to Phil or Ned. It comes down to Merritt and how he, you know, has kind of been in hiding. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's, um, I, you know, not, I understand, not all owners talk all the time or whatever, but when you make a decision like this, I think, I think you have to especially when your fans feel routinely disrespected by you. So we'll, um, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I think what really needs to happen is merit needs to be there. Uh, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the season will go on. People will still be in the stands. I'm very curious to see. I would love to know what their season ticket situation has looked like over the last two years if it's impacted it at all <clears throat> obviously those still packed out though right numbers, but um i mean you know i mean i i don't go to every game so i can't really speak to that um you know the two games i went to this year yeah it was pretty packed um you know i went i went to for the i went to the one for the ring of honor Diego Valeri. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Um, for the Ring of Honor for Diego Valeri, and then uh, I went to the first game of the season. So I, those aren't. I don't. I don't have a good sample size when you have, you know, those two because they were right. two of the biggest games of the year. Um, but I'm. I. I. I would. According, I would be curious to, to see their nine, season ticket numbers. But yeah. This year, yeah. Thirty point nine. Their ninth at twenty three thousand <clears throat> last year, they were about the same. That's not season tickets; that's just attendance. Gosh, Atlanta United forty seven k. Yeah. Lord. Well, that's also yeah. because they play in Mercedes Benz. Wow. Okay. Well, moving on to something else, maybe I guess negative in the soccer world. <laughs> Crystal Dunn is moving on. <laughs> mm. Crystal Dunn is leaving. We just found that we just found that out right before we recorded the pod. Um, I mean, that's that's a big blow for Portland to have her leave. Uh, I'm not super sh shocked. Um, if anybody, and that's not from any sort of sourcing or anything like that. I don't I don't have a direct line to Crystal Dunn. However, it was her husband who was the trainer last year who was let go from the Timbers because. Um, 
he was giving some uh, drugs out without a prescription. Um, he was the team trainer. So that uh, dispensing a controlled substance without a prescription. Um, so, you know, he's been, I don't know what he's been up to for the last year, to be completely frank with you, but I, I you know, I can understand why uh, it might be time for both of them to just get a new, fresh situation. So, um, I'm not super surprised that she's moving on in light of that. Um, but it's still, you know, it's, it's too bad. Like, you know, Crystal was a huge part of this team and, um, you know, I, Crystal's been phenomenal to deal to, to, you know, interview while, when I've been around and, uh, yeah, I just, I, I wish her well. Um, but it's, it's too bad. You know, I, I knew her, I knew her contract was up and that's, that's going to be a big hole for the, for this team to, to fill. So we'll see where she ends up. But, um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not surprised considering gotcha. what went down. All right. Let's you move know. on to the ducks. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Something a little bit more in Aaron's you're, wheelhouse. You're, you're in charge of soccer. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. The fact that I'm the one in charge of soccer is terrifying. All right. Continue. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, okay. Right. Ducks crushed cow. <laughs> It's just fascinating how Josh Wilcox had good defenses, no offenses for so long, and now this year he's got good offense and zero defense. But anyway, Ducks took advantage, destroyed. Next up, USC. So Ducks are three wins away from going to the Pac-12 title game. They may only need two, depending on how other things fall together, but they're three wins away from locking themselves into the Pac-12 title game. Next up, however, is USC, which clearly is reeling, having lost to Utah. And Washington, two good teams, but still that put them in a, in a tough situation. But they're not out of it. They're not out of it. That's what it felt like. And I think I fell into it myself thinking, oh, they got nothing to play for. But if they win this week, they're tied with Oregon, and they would have the tiebreaker. And then they would just need Oregon State and Utah to lose one game each. And Utah plays at Washington this week, and Oregon State plays at Oregon. So it's all still right there for the Trojans, and they're coming in with their high-powered offense led by Caleb Williams, and they fired their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, who, quite frankly, I don't know how he survived after the Cal game. They barely won that game 50-49, to but he held on until he got lit up by one of the best offenses in the country. It's like, we're going to wait till one of the best offenses in the nation with one of the best quarterbacks and receiving crews in the nation light you up. Then we're going to fire you because that's the game where you should have showed up and uh, locked them down. But anyway, question for you, Brenna. One, I guess it's, well, two. One, will the change at D.C. matter for the Trojans? And two, and two, <laughs> she smirks, makes faces, Brenna faces. I'm going to start calling that the Brenna face. I've seen that numerous times in my life already. And then two, well, see, you threw me off. Okay, so you, it's hard because I, because I know the, because by your facial <laughs> expressions, I know your answer to the second one. Okay, one, will the D.C. change matter? And two, can USA come USC come into the Austin Stadium and pull off the upset? And since you don't think the DC is going to matter, I imagine the answer to the second part is a no. <laughs> she still. 
Well, to take some take a take a quote from Phil Neville's press wow. conference, Rome wasn't built in a day, and uh, neither is USC's de- and de- USC's Fair. defense falls under the same category. Uh, I did not fall. I did not. I I missed Alex Grinch by a year at WSU, but um, man, like when I was around there, everyone was like, "Oh, Alex Grinch defense is doing Alex Grinch defense things." Like it's funny because he, you know, obviously got that Oklahoma job was like big shot higher. I think people were nece- weren't necessarily, you know, I, I don't think I think people were kind of sad to see him go. But then once he went to Oklahoma, everyone was kind of like, oh, we don't have to deal with that anymore. And it just that yeah. just like keeps happening. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't I do not think that uh, him being out at defensive coordinator is going to do much, especially against a team that has Bo Nix. And Bucky Irving, and Troy Franklin, and Tez Johnson, and James or Jordan James. Um, I think I might have flipped those around. Anyways, no, it's just I just I don't think it's gonna. I don't I I don't I don't see it uh, happening. Um, you know if if you look at yeah, or Oregon's Oregon's offense should be able to score very consistently against this team. And that's, you know, as much as USC's offense can score as well, I think the Ducks defense right. has been pretty stout this year. It's not perfect, but it's pretty, it's better than last year. That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel as though that is really going to make much of a difference. Um but we shall see. You want to know, you know, the biggest bummer is this. Gosh dang it, USC. If you could have just won one of those games, this game wouldn't be at 7.30 at night. It? Okay. Be- That's why. No. I can't. It doesn't make any sense. The game probably won't even be done by the time I go on air in the 11. Um, so, yeah, no, I am not. Uh, which stinks. I mean, I, I literally, I walked out of the sports office to go like grab some water or something, walked back in on Saturday and my producer looks at me and he goes, so we got the game time. <laughs> and I go, Oh, Oh boy. And he goes, it's seven 30. And I go, well, then I'm not covering that and sat back down. And it's not because I don't want to, I want to be there, but it doesn't make any like logical sense for me to go to a game that I don't even know if right. it's going to be done by the time we go on air. So um, thanks USC for that gift. Okay. So here's, here's, here's my take on this. Um, uh, I picked 49-40 yeah. uh, on, on Talking Ducks, which we shoot on Tuesday, airs on Root Sports today, Thursday. Uh, and But and we, had, we had a deep discussion about the change of coaching and Newman – who played defense in, at Oregon and in the NFL, talked a lot about it. And his thing was that some – okay, if the defensive players had lost respect for Grinch and simply weren't always executing their assignments, maybe some became selfish, then a change can sometimes bring people together and all, the th- all of a sudden things are tighter. Right, those forty-yard gashing plays up the middle, where you're like, "Where was the defense on that?" Now those are four-yard gains, 
right? You start getting to the quarterback a little bit more. The coverage is a little better. And so then you're not as porous as you were before. The question, though, is do they have the talent necessarily? They have some size issues in the defensive line. That's not going to help or not. that's not going to be helped by the change in the defense coordinator. But you can do things and maybe mask against that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much of it was was Grinch's scheme or inability to get to the you know, communicate with players and get them to do what he wanted them to do. And if that um, can all be tweaked enough to where now they go from being hideous to just bad, because they're just hideous, right? But they can improve the bad, right? Bad might've been good enough for them to still be undefeated right now because the offense is ridiculous. The quarterback's ridiculous. Well, they lost two very close games, right? Well, not, not, I meant, I meant, I meant in the conference. I meant. Notre Dame. Are we forgetting about game. Notre Dame? Um, okay. Cause Notre Dame all just right. shut them down. But you know their defense was just bad, and not hideous. Yes, maybe they win those last these last two games, or at least they beat Utah. <clears throat> so that's the only thing where you gotta go. Eh, we'll see. Let's see what it looks like early. If the Ducks come out and they just slice and dice, and it's like okay, yeah, the Ducks, nothing's changed. If they come out and there's some resistance, right, and maybe they only get a field goal on the first drive and punt on the second or whatever, then you could be like, oh, okay, well maybe there's some changes here. And so then the question becomes, if there are changes, then they're only gonna give up. 40 instead of 60, right? Then the question becomes, okay, now we're going to see what Oregon's defense can do against another elite level offense that's faced when it's really only faced one today, and that was UW, which they actually did a decent job against UW. I mean, UW, obviously, the juggernaut, and they, they did a pretty good job, although UW struggled against Arizona State. But that's another issue. Anyway, um, so, so if they can't contain USC any better than other teams have. Boom, you got a game. And it's going to come down to something in the fourth quarter, and it's going to be up for grabs. But if USC's defense is still garbage, and I don't mind saying that because it's been hot garbage, I don't even feel like this even disrespecting the kids because it has been hot garbage, then yeah, Ducks are going to score at will. They're going to run all over them. Nix is going to complete 80% of his passes for four touchdowns, no interceptions. They can get into the 60s, probably. I think they can get 60, only because I do think USC's offense will, will prevent them from getting completely blown out early. So that means Oregon's offense will be going for four, four full quarters and thus rack up a bunch of yards and, and a bunch of touchdowns. So we'll see. I'm just fa- I'll be fascinated to see the first couple of possessions and see what USC's defense looks like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, we've we've seen things like I mean, okay, the Raiders would be a good example of a coaching change, and all of a sudden, you know, were things perfect? No, but they go out and get a win the next week. So I mean, it's it's definitely possible. You just don't see it, and I why just, should you see it? Because every week you watch teams run up and down the field on these guys, <laughs> right? So it's difficult to imagine yeah. that kind of change, especially against an Oregon offense led by our next subject matter, Bo Nix. <laughs> who has moved up, I think, the second in the Heisman odds behind Penix. Jaden Daniels, who has better stats, fell because they lost to Bama and, and Knicks went up because they beat Cal, which things like that drive me bananas. But I've never really had much respect sure. for the Heisman in terms of the fact that it's kind of, I don't know, it's just the way it's dealt with to me is just silly. It shouldn't always, almost always be quarterbacks. It's, but that's another debate argument down the road. But Bo's right there. And if they win out, he's going to New York. Even if they lose one game and it's to USC, Washington, Oregon State, or maybe, yeah, Washington, the Pac-12 game, Oregon State. But he plays well, he's going to New York at this point. The numbers are too good. The success is there. One loss is not going to knock him out of going to New York. So could he be the first Oregon Heisman winner? 
since Marcus? I mean, is this possible? Is this really going to happen? He's going to go from flaming out at Auburn to coming to Oregon and winning a Heisman? What an incredible story that would be. Yeah. I mean, he's had a great year. <laughs> he had <laughs> I mean, it's Cal. We all we have to always condition these things by saying it's Cal. But I mean, what? It was uh, 29 of 38 for 386 yards, six total touchdowns between rushing and uh throwing. And after the game, he was asked, you know, what what stood out the most to you today about your performance? <laughs> and he's like the nine incompletions. I'm really annoyed by those. Uh, I really want to be 80% or above with my passing and I'm, I'm wasn't there today. And, you know, I know that, I know that sounds crazy, but that's, that's really well, what that stood out to me. Season, like, so being trying to be 80 oh is, my goodness. You know, it's not crazy, but it's crazy. Like it's just a number that shouldn't yeah, be a thing. It's uh, so. Yeah. I, he's definitely going to go. Yeah, like I'm you said, I think he's, I think he's definitely going to end up going unless catastrophes strikes right. or he gets hurt part of the thing with him and part of the thing yeah. with him and Penix that's shouldn't have put that, that out in the world they both if not for COVID wouldn't still be in college right they, they got the extra year and that extra year that the experience level yeah. like if you take any guy who, who's going to the NFL and you say okay you're not going to the NFL this year you're going to go back to, you're, you're good enough to go to the NFL but you get one more year to come back and do damage that person with that level of experience, you start getting the 50 career starts, things like that. The, the level of mastery of the situation uh, just reaches a point where you start, you see something like this. <clears throat> you know, what if Marcus had come back for his redshirt senior year? What, what would he have done? Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's interesting yeah. to watch him perform because he's just, he just owns everything. Like there's nothing really a defense can throw at him that he hasn't seen. He knows where he's going with the ball as soon as he gets the play call. And if that changes based on the anticipated defense, he knows where he's going to go with the ball right when he sees the defense change. And if for some reason someone's covered, he knows where, right? He just knows where he's going to go with the ball, that level of anticipation. And then the accuracy with it just makes him just ridiculous. Like he, it's really difficult to stop him. And if you commit guys to pressure, he's got good receivers. He's going to throw quick. They're going to be accurate. It's just, he, he's just a difficult cat to deal with right now. And it's going to be, Fascinating to see if someone, either USC's new defensive coordinator or Oregon State, which has a good defense, or Washington maybe in the Pac-12 title game, if someone can figure out a way to derail him just a little bit to have a chance to win, which is what Washington was able to do. But man, he is just seventy-eight percent is stupid. It, it. I want an investigation. I think like he may be getting the defensive calls or something like that. Like it's what, like that's what that number suggests. You shouldn't be at 78%. 68 is phenomenal. 78 is investigatory. I'm kidding, but it is. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next up. You lead us on this one. Yeah. Um, Yes, Beavers against Stanford this week. Let's be frank. That should be an easy win. Um, the Colorado game, even though, yes, it was by a touchdown at the end. That was, they, they, they had that handled with about, you know, five, six minutes to go. Um, so, you know, next up for the Beavers after Stanford, I was trying to overlook Stanford here, but they should win that game. Uh, you got UW and Oregon. 
The question in the rundown is, could OSU ruin the dream Pac-12 title game matchup? Uh, <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Well, <clears throat> a lot I'll of things have to first. fall into place, of course. Um, they can't knock Washington out, but they can knock Oregon State out. Excuse me, Oregon out. They can put Washington in a precarious yes. situation if Washington were to lose to Utah, which I don't see happening. Yeah, but they definitely could knock Oregon out. If they beat them, they'd have head-to-head tiebreaker. Uh, so I've I'm been a couple weeks into this now. Where I feel like Oregon State's the toughest opponent remaining for the Ducks, other than the title game, just because they do have a defense, <laughs> and USC does not. And there's that's going to be an extremely intense mm, yeah. game where an Oregon State team is going to go in there very confident. They beat them last year. They got they have a solid defense. They have a good running game. They got a good quarterback. They're going to feel like they have a chance to win that game, and they do. Uh, so do I think it's going to happen? Mm, I can't say that yet. I kind of have to see sort of what goes down this week with Oregon and USC. But I just I, – I want that game – between Oregon State and Oregon to ha- to have Pac-12 title game implications to it. And that means Oregon State needs to beat Washington, beat Stanford, beat Washington, go in there with just two losses. And then whether Oregon loses this week or doesn't, uh, then those two teams would probably be playing to see who plays Washington in the conference title game. So I just want that drama. I just want that theater. That's what I live for in sports. That's what sports is all about. That's what teams will blow people out all the time and all this stuff. People spending all this money to try and buy teams. That's just boring to me. It should be about competition. It should be about drama and these types of things. So I'm hoping that that game is for everything because it could be maybe the last game between the two, maybe in in a little while. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I think Oregon State can definitely make this interesting because they're balanced enough to give anyone trouble. She's about to dump on me right now. Look at her. She's like, I'm about. I just don't think Oregon State has True. looked great the last few weeks. Um, I don't think that they they should have absolutely handled. They they should have beaten Colorado by more, I believe. Um, and their run defense was not tested this last week at all True. because Colorado <clears throat> basically doesn't have a running game. And their run defense against Arizona looked like hot garbage. Right. It's rough. That's why they lost that game. Um, so in, you know, U dubs now we have to remember it was against USC. But U dubs running game has had a little bit more life as of late. Um, and you know, if they get beat by U dub, it's the it's over. Like they they have to go on. If Oregon State gets beat by UW. So uh and unless the, the, Oregon and the, loses. Yes. Dun 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 dun. Unless but if Oregon, Oregon loses, loses, then USC would have to yeah. lose. But even to yeah. UCLA, I think. Anyway, continue. There's a lot of things that could happen. <clears throat> I'm just saying their idea, like it's become it becomes near impossible to have three losses in this conference and have, have Oregon State be eligible be to go no, to no the Pac twelve championship, which is I which is ideally what you want. Um, you don't want it to be just a game where it's like, oh, well, Oregon State could knock Oregon out. You know, you want it to be right. a game where it's like, Oregon State could knock Oregon right. out and then Agreed. also go. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I just, 
I'm a little iffy on, and, they, and they've had a lot of a lot of injuries on defense this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's that's my big concern for the Beavers right now. And you know, if they want to, if they want to be able to, if if that game, if, if if we want that game to have the highest amount of situations on the line, I guess you could say, you have to beat you dub. They have to beat you dub. So, um, right now I'm just not seeing it with, they, they just haven't been as, as, as okay. dominant as but, you need to be in order to Washington beat a team. struggled yeah. against Arizona mm-hmm. State. And then there's and an, oh, right. you, Stanford, right. they didn't dominate you're Stanford. Right. So if they go to Oregon State, is Stanford. that Oregon State, is yep. it? Yep. They go to Oregon State playing like they did against Stanford and Arizona yeah. State. Yeah, Oregon State. Yep. You know, you never know. But never I know. get you're saying your money would be on you, Deb, and that would be the smart money. I'm, I'm just hoping, man. I I want drama down the stretch. Yeah. I want all sorts of chaos. I want people freaking out. I want to see people on Twitter fighting over dumb things. <laughs> Who's better at this and that? Just a U Dub fan today saying if we had had Jalen McMillan, we would have that destroyed is... the Ducks. It's like okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying he's not good. I think it was Jalen McMillan. Yeah. Or. Yeah, yeah, I think it was him. Uh, anyway, just people just pick out the craziest things to argue about. Let's put it this way. DJ cannot go 12 of 24 against um, UW like he did against Colorado and have them win that game. <clears throat> okay, let's get to the team I cover. Yeah. The three and five Blazers. Yeah, that one, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm impressed. I'm impressed by... Their grit, their yeah. tenacity. They played last night in a 121-118 overtime loss at Sacramento. Granted, Sacramento was without De'Aaron Fox, and oh my God, that team without De'Aaron Fox is a complete mess. But anyway, you know, the Blazers were minus Anthony, Scoot, Robert Williams got hurt, might be done for the year, knee injury, and then Brogdon goes down in the first quarter with a hamstring. Skylar Mays comes in, 18 points, 11 assists. Jeremy Grant scores 38. They played that game like it was a playoff game. Like DeAndre Ayton even talked about it after the game. He said it sort of had like a playoff atmosphere with the crowd the way it was. And, and man, they, they didn't quit. They never went away. They kept balling. They kept scrapping. And they kept making hustle plays all over the place. Extra effort on defense, um, going after offensive rebounds, just doing tipping passes, just doing things that you only do when you're playing really hard trying to win and there's so many reasons for this team to go into games thinking oh we're about to get smoked and they're not playing like that at all so it's extremely impressive but man you can't only take so many injuries it's just crazy they they were down to one well sharp fouled out so they're down to one guard unless you want to count matisse as a guard but he's playing small forward but he can't he obviously can play some guard scholar Mays, who's on two-way contract it was crazy and they still hung in there so Blazers are three and five. They got Lakers coming up. We have a losing record, but I think Lakers just have way too much size. And just they, I think they, I think they trounced the Blazers this week or this Sunday. And then Tuesday at Utah, that's a very winnable game. Utah's not that good right now. I think they're two and five or something like that. Anyway, so I'm impressed. Like they're they're playing hard, and this is what they want to do. They want to establish an identity that we play hard. We come every night. We're gonna bring it regardless of who we have. And then if you establish that culture, then as guys get better and as you add other guys to that culture, and all of a sudden you play that way with an actual NBA roster, <laughs> no offense, then you're going to start winning a lot of games. So I've been thoroughly impressed. What say you? 
Yeah, I How mean they're know? they're showing grit. They're showing they're they're showing that you know they're not just going to throw this season away. So I um I very much appreciate that because that's 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 Absolutely. honestly all you could ask for this year. Right. Can you show me you give a damn? Um that's it. You know, that's 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 the season that we're going to have this year and and that's that. Um yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. Okay, dude, what is up with basketball players in this state? Is there like, is there like some sort of chemical in the water that specifically targets basketball players in this state? Because oh, between yeah. the Blazers and the Ducks, it's an injury onslaught. Okay, like last year with the Ducks men's basketball team. <laughs> bad then you know you have them start the season and folly dante's on a pitch count aka minutes restriction jackson shellstad doesn't play because he's gonna be out a few weeks with a knee injury there's all these different things and mookie cooks out until at least december let's be real it's the ducks <laughs> so it's probably january um and you know last year was a total disaster you have there's the on the women's side their starting point guard plays like five minutes against Northern Arizona and has a knee injury out for the season. Um, I don't know what it is about this state and basketball players getting injured, but it's a mess, man. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, so yeah, I, uh, what a, what a situation for them over there with the Blazers. I mean, obviously, you know, at least you, you, you do have shaded. Right. He just right. fouled out. Uh, last night <laughs> um but yeah it's, he's, been, it's he's been playing really well losing robert williams is just gonna be a killer because they have to go to moses yeah. brown or jabari and you know jabari obviously can give you a good 15 minutes but you know robert's a, a former starter in boston who can give you more if needed and can just do more defensively he's you know yeah. a veteran guy uh, jabari's still pretty young <clears throat> so that's a killer moving forward and that that's the kind of thing that's just gonna at some point it's just gonna catch him Right, they're just going to be too small. They're not going to be able to combat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, bigger guys, and that's why I think the Lakers roll. And Utah, you know, Utah's a bad matchup because they have marketing and Kessler, and uh, even you know, a, a John Collins who you know is like six nine or what have you, gets some more length. So that yeah, that hurts. And he, it might be for the season. It might be for a few months. I don't see why you come back in a few months. I don't see why the Blazers would bring him back because I think by then they'll probably be in tank no. mode. No. Um, you let him completely heal up no. and get him ready for next season, or maybe heal up so you can trade him in, in the summer if, if someone yes. wants him. But and that's and that's the other thing is it, it hurts yes. his trade value. Which you know, on one hand, you maybe want to keep him long term. He's got a pretty cheap contract, yep. about twelve million a year, two years remaining after this season. On the other hand, if someone comes along and says, "Man, we need that. We need what he gave Boston. We'll give you a first round pick for it." Then you, you might end up doing that because you're trying to accumulate different types of assets, draft capital, etc. So. Yeah, tough break, and then now Brogdon's out with a hamstring. Who no long, who knows? We don't know yet how long that could be. It could be something minor, but usually hamstrings can linger. I mean, it might be weeks. We don't know. Scoot Henderson ankle day to day. They got three days off before Sunday. He could be back by then, maybe or maybe maybe by Utah. So that would help. But yeah, the injuries are just getting crazy. And Chauncey Billups has rarely ever had a healthy roster. No roster is fully healthy, but the injuries his teams have had just been insane. I think in an when he's had most of his roster, yeah, I think his record's over 500. I have to go look at the deep dive, which is off the top of my head when I remember those stretches. 
the record was over 500, but you know, you lose Dame to surgery, you lose CJ to uh, the collapse lung, one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Then, of course, you shut people down after the All Star break the first year. And then last year, Dame gets hurt early, he comes back, they're doing well, they're above 500. Then Nurk goes down, uh, Justice Winslow go down, then you trade Hart, <laughs> right? And then Ann goes down, and it's you know, you're just not going to be able to survive that with the lack of depth they had. And now this year, you begin the year, Ann goes down. Right, then Scoop goes down, and then Robert Williams may be done for the air, and then now Brogdon's hurt as well. You got to go to a two-way contract guy to play point guard for you. So craziness that Coach Billups has endured. We don't know yet if he can really coach yet, but we do know that his team's playing hard for him right now, and that's a good sign that at least the team respects him and um, they're willing to go go to war for him regardless of the roster situation. So maybe someday they can get healthy, and we can see what actually they have. One, when they're all playing together, and two, what Billups can do with a full complement of players. Do we have a pop culture topic? Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if we do now. To to let people in on on our situation, um, it took us a half an hour to, to record started. the pod today because of technological issues. Yeah, just to start it. Um. So we have had we've had quite a day. Um. And I think that <laughs> I think that we've earned our keep. To be completely honest with you, I feel like something happened. Did so something happen? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm sure something did happen. Lots of things have happened. I've... We talked about Matthew Perry. Did someone else pass away? <laughs> talked about Bob Knight last week. Anyone else? Did someone else pass away? Anyway, all right. I guess there's nothing good to talk about. <laughs> but you need to go see the Eras movie <laughs> so we can talk about that. Direct order. There you go. <laughs> that means you're definitely not going. Direct order. Okay. You you find you oh, find that's right. the time okay, we, for we, me. We open the show uh, with you going to everywhere. Sit down right? for. I want you to go to a movie. Yeah, it's it's cr- November for people who are unaware. November in TV land is the <laughs> most bananas month of the year. And that is because you have football coming down to the wire. You have, in this case, NBA basketball. You know, we're about a month into that. You have uh, you have college basketball starting. It's just chaos. It's you've got high school playoffs wrapping up. It's you know, yeah. There's a lot a lot of stuff going on during this time of year. So every day is survive in advance, and um, and that's and that's currently what I am doing. I've had the last two weeks that this is not a big deal. It's fine. I've had to split my days off because that is just what the job has required. So it's been like a Monday, Wednesday or a Sunday, Tuesday or whatever works. So, you know, and who knows what next week will bring. So, you know, you just, we just, we roll with it. So yeah, that's, that's this time of year. And that's just what it is. So as long as I somehow get myself fed out the door and, um, you know, get myself on TV, I'm I'm proud of myself that day. That's 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 our bar for <laughs> okay, November. Okay, so maybe we'll hold off on the air, maybe. Um, 
<laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the yeah. Oregonian Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our subtext feature. Just text 503-386-0095 and you will receive back a link. Click the link and start your 14-day trial. I'm about to head out on Sunday morning to L.A. to catch Blazers Lakers. And then I'm going to Utah to catch Blazers Jazz. Now we back and we will hit you up with another podcast recapping Blazers Road Trip and looking at whatever happened between the Trojans and Ducks and of course Oregon State and Utah. Thanks for excuse me, Stanford. Thanks for listening. Click the subscribe button and we will be back soon.